Right. Told my teacher, dumb bitch, I'm gonna get millions Watch this. In the project living, Damn. spoke it till existence Voila. More change than 50, got more cars than Diddy oh I only weigh 180, but my watch cost 250 What's up guys, this is not Andy Frisella, obviously But this is the show for the realists Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society And welcome to motherfucking reality Thank God I got a little bit of cold I think that I, sounded I great A little bit of bass I, I think it sounded real good. I need that strip club bass. Andrew's yeah. got good bass. Yeah, I, I think it sounded real good. You did real I'm good. I'm proud of you. I know, you're, I know you're very desirous of a lot of affirmation, Sal, so I just wanted to give that to you. I, nobody's ever told me, though, that I have a good voice. Oh. No, you, know? you have a good you voice. Did give me, yeah. Mom gave me my first compliment before we walked into the studio. Yeah. Sal is looking svelte. I, I don't know. He definitely got yeah. a face for radio, for sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, well, I, you know, I, you got I mean. Yeah, DJ, this is where you lose credibility. Right, 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 right. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, like, right. you can't throw false things like that into the air. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I don't think it was false. I mean, yeah. maybe. Well, you know, we live in a strange world where you're slimming down, and my desire, was to, my desire was to bulk up, but I bulked up a little bit too much around the waistline, so I got I to gotta slim up. What are we going to do? Tighten it up, Vaughn? 75 hard. Yeah? Yeah. You on? Yeah. What day? Oh, no. I mean, I'm starting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could have just said like day 21 and just bought in. You know? I could have, but you know, I'm an honest man. But you know, the no, past, I'm, the I'm, pastor I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. So who we got here with us? Well, I was going to do I, the rounds. I think we might have to reintroduce you. You know, you've been uh, gone real quick before we bring our guest in. How was Christmas? Uh, Christmas was great. But I, I'll tell you what I told the guys before I came in here. Uh, everything lately has been good. I feel like I'm in a really, really good place. Yeah. I'm hitting my habits. I'm... I'm just, you know, in that momentum stage, but you know, people like us, we're constantly reading books, right? Yep. I just d started define people like us, Vaughn. I mean, people like us, overachievers, oh, killers. Oh, I get it. Well, Clean, there's only, cold one, there's only one real killer in the room, but well, yeah, no, yeah, that's true. <laughs> At least that's confirmed. True. That's true. Uh, how many? Uh, that's not a question. Yet. Okay, we'll, we'll. I was just going <laughs> to say. All right, we'll introduce you to the actual killer in a second. Well, there is an answer to that. Yeah. Okay. Not enough. <laughs> I like it. Listen, and and for those who have no history with the MFCO project, uh, this is JP Dinell, Seal Extraordinaire, mm -mm. Uh, Jocko's idol and mentor. Uh, so he's <laughs> he's joined us today. But what I was going to say is that people like us like to read books. You know, if you get, if you do the seventy five hard, or really if you're in the whole first form lifestyle, you read what ten pages a day, right? Yeah. So there's I've read a lot of books in the last five years. But I got to tell you, I have not been entertained and inspired by a book in a long time. And I technically am not reading it. I'm listening to it because I, I drove to Colorado the other day. You guys read Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey? I have not, but it's oh on, it is gosh. on my list. Oh my gosh, dude. It's called Green Lights, right? It's called Green Lights. Yeah. He is a Frisella. He is a he is a Frisella. I mean, Matthew, you just like, got a quite quite a fucking compliment there, son. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, like <laughs> tell, talking about his dad and the way his dad operates and how his dad uh, challenged his older brother and his older brother's like, no, dad, I don't want to do this because his dad wanted them to run some sort of I don't know pipe scheme or something. I don't know what it was, but but his dad re resisted him and his dad's like, son, he started rolling up his 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 or his uh, sleeves. He's like, Dad, I'm not going to do it. And so they started coming to fisticuffs and everything. So finally, his son, like, literally gets a two by four. And this is Matthew's older brother. He knocks his dad out cold, just flat out cold. And he thinks he kills his dad. He's like, Daddy, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. <laughs> so the guy, so the guy finally comes to, and the kid's really relieved. And the dad stands up and goes, gives him a big bear hug. He says, 
that's my boy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Matthew says, from that point on, my older brother was his best friend. There was such respect between the two of them. Uh, but the, he is such a good That's how I met JP. Is that right? Yeah. First time I met him, just knocked him the fuck out. <laughs> Ever since, we've been best friends. Top, He's a top bunk type of guy, though. Well, he's such a good storyteller. And he even, and this is crazy, and I'm not going to ruin it for everybody, but he even says his dad and mom are just crazy. And is he way, narrating the audio book? He is. And oh, he does, fuck. because because he's a he's an actor, he's just, oh, dude. he just kills it. So when he tells Sold. the story, and I'm going to ruin it a little bit, but for you those just who said you weren't going to ruin it. Well, I'm, I'm going to ruin it. But basically, he says, he says his dad says to him, son, when I die, it's going to be making love to your mama. They call that dying in the saddle, Vaughn. Guess what? That's how he died? My man. He climaxed and then he was gone. Hey, listen, if you're going to go, <laughs> you're going to go, son. <laughs> like, you might as call, well go talk on Talk about top. calling your shot. I mean, <laughs> literally. That's amazing. So, <laughs> JP, you know anything about calling your shot? No. So we are uh, we are waiting for the big man. I'm sure he will arrive at some point. Yeah, but, Andrew uh, got hung up in a little bit of a business. Yeah. Man. he said get started. And we were like, "You're sure?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure, okay." Yeah. So we, we got how the fuck does that happen? Yeah, we don't. <laughs> we got DJ. We got. Are you still called Jelly Joe? Or are you called no? no, no. He's juicy, juicy Joe, Joe babe. That's juicy Joe. All right, that's the juice. All right, we got Keith Sweat over here, and uh, we got Madat, who is not a Soviet. I'm not gonna. He's <laughs> not. You can't say that. That's offensive. I'm sorry. That's I'm true. We're in a I'm new era Instagram now. right now. Yeah. You're canceled. And, uh, Don't worry. I got I got enough on you. I'll cancel you back. We, we are so <laughs> excited to have JP Donnell, who I, like I said, I, I obviously introduced him sort of briefly earlier. But one of my favorite all-time episodes was uh, the MFCO Project episode with JP Donnell, which I... I actually did. It, was, it had something in the title about impact, I think. I'm so, not sure. uh, impact over income. Impact over income. And I remember specifically asking JP because JP is a, a a man of faith like myself and I said now JP there's a part of sort of doing your job and, and doing your duty but I'm assuming you don't actually enjoy killing people as mm. a seal and he's like mm, no I, I like it <laughs> no actually I really really enjoyed it I mean because those are bad evil people yeah um that were doing horrible things to innocent people yeah and here's the deal evil exists mm -hmm. whether we want to acknowledge it or not and you can't be blind to evil and just think it's going to go away and it, it's not going to affect your life. It, it's, it's, it's there. It's spreading. It's like a cancer. Yeah. And the only way to get rid of a cancer is when you fully remove it from the Absolutely. body. Mm -hmm. And obviously we didn't fully remove that cancer. That's why when my default answer and I joke, but it's also serious when people are like, well, how many confirmed kills do you have as a sniper? Is that okay asking? Or, you know, between me as a machine gunner, I also had a good amount of kills and as a sniper, it's, the answer is always going to be not enough because evil still exists. And um, they were horrible people that did horrific, and I'm saying horrific things, to innocent people that were just trying to live their life. Mm -hmm. They just, Iraq, the, you know what an Iraqi family wants? Exactly what we want. They want their kids to be able to go to school. They want right. to be able to go to the market without you know, in fear of being, you know, shot up or part of an ambush or, you know, they, they would like to be able to go to, to work and provide for their family. Yeah. And these insurgent fighters had such control over Ramadi that they actually were flying their flag over the Capitol building. They had complete control. Mm -hmm. Wow. And there's about, they estimated between four to 5,000 enemy fighters in Ramadi when we were headed over there in 2006. So... We knew there was going to be some good hunting. Oh, doing God's and, work. Uh, Seriously. I mean, we were. And there yeah. was a lot of, um, you know, spiritual battles that were going on there, spiritual warfare. You could feel it. You could you could feel the evil. Yeah. And um, 
it was it was it was crazy but yeah that's that's an interesting thought i got one i mean about the the whole evil thing you know it reminds me of like just law enforcement here in the states it's like you know Everybody wants bacon, but nobody wants to see how it's made, mm-hmm. right? And so at the end yeah. of the day, there, there's butchers out there that, that have a job to do, yeah. right? And so, I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, what you think of our military or our law enforcement. That's a job that you're not willing to do, right? So how much can you really speak on it, you know? Yeah, I but, mean, I'm, I'm going to screw up the quote, and I used to know it pretty well, but... Not surprising. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> we yeah. know how well this this mush up here has been working <laughs> these days. Um, but... It, People and I, I know people are going to correct this on social media, which is beautiful. You know, right. just gonna be like, oh, it's actually this. All right, cool. You're right. You Thanks, Karen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as my my daughters, I have twin daughters, you know, and now they'll say Baron, and that's the yeah. that's the boy version of a Karen, <laughs> <laughs> Baron and Karen. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Anyways, uh, the to, to what you're saying, DJ, is people sleep peacefully in their beds because um, people are willing to do violence on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, you know, people are able to sleep at night because people are willing to go handle mm-hmm. evil. They're willing to go do stuff that nobody else is a can even think about and fathom doing, mm-hmm. nor are they willing to do it. Right. And a lot of the time, they don't know, they won't want to know that that stuff's going on. Exactly. And when we, with what we do at Echelon Front, you know, I work at Echelon Front. That's the leadership and management consul- consulting company that Jocko, Willink, and Leif Babin started. When we talk with companies, I tell them like, hey. If you think about what I'm t- sharing with you, the stories of combat and how they apply to your business, you'll find correlations. Mm-hmm. And what I just said, I mean, how, how does that apply to you? So, I mean, think about everyone wants to be able to do what First Form is doing and all these other successful companies. They all want that, but nobody's actually willing to put in that work. Nobody's willing right. to put in the time. Nobody's willing to have the sacrifices that you guys have sacrificed to get where you're at in your lives, but yet they'll want to partake right in in that yeah wanting wanting and and uh actually doing are two totally different things yes and i think you know what's funny is you know to to jp's point you know impact over income the first the first episode um von what episode was it you're usually savant in this, you know in this i'm moment. honestly i'm 190 so, I was so 190 there you go you listened to it a couple times i yeah. think i was gonna say it was in the late hundreds but I, it was november 2017 wow and it's certain it's been that long that's funny it's certainly uh one of the best episodes in my opinion in the mfceo history and and it's funny because i i look at uh our relationship, JP and, and and just our company, but JP and myself mm-hmm. and our personal relationship, how much has happened since that time? Because we were really fortunate. You know, we, we've had a lot of really cool people come through the ranks of First Form over the years because of MFCO and because of Real AF. And uh, I always tell, I, I tell everybody all the time, there's only two people that I will let talk to our sales force. And everybody asks all the time, everybody, hey man, let me come in and do a sales training. Hey man, let me come in. There's only two people, JP Dinell and Tim Grover. That's it. Mm. And the reason being is because they, they understand the dirty work that it takes in order to get where you want to go. Right. And being able to express that um, and being able to open that up and explain that to young leaders and young individuals is something that somebody who's done the dirty work can only explain to somebody who needs to do the dirty work. And I think that's the important piece. And, and to back to DJ's point, you know, everybody wants to bake, uh, eat bacon, but nobody wants to see how, it, how it's made. Um, you know, JP with his leadership, in combat is able to translate that into how can you use this as a business tool? And same thing with like a, a Tim Grover, right? How do you take the, the, the top of the top, the Michael Jordans of the world and, and, and the Kobe Bryants and, and, and the Dwayne Wades and what consistencies do they have that parlay into greatness? 
And then explaining that to, to young individuals is an, it's unbelievable skill and an unbelievable uh, talent. And if you're not following JP, you certainly should for those reasons, because, you know, leadership and greatness is a built process. It's not something you're, you, you don't, you don't just have it. It's something you earn. And it's something that, you know, you earn your way through the ranks, whether it's on a battlefield, whether it's in a sport, whether it's in business, there are fucking, if you want to be great, you're going to have to pay a motherfucking price. And that's the reality. And that's the correlation across all those fields. And I think, you know, our relationship going back to it is, you know, we come through and, and back then, you know, everybody wanted to, I don't want to say everybody because that's unfair, but, you know, guests would come in, you know, and I'm, I'm Andy's brother, right? So guests would come in. And they would, you know, they'd hang out with Andy. They'd kind of, I don't want to say snub everybody because that's unfair to everybody. But they'd come through and then, you know, one day here comes this, this little fucking guy. You know, he's bouncing up and down the hallways or old HQ, you know, fucking not very many hallways. And hey, man, I'm JP. You know, I didn't know who fucking JP was. You know? Cool. Hey, yeah, right. Beat it, man. Yeah, yeah, no shit. And I'll never forget it. You know, he's like, and he's like, I'm from South Haven, Mississippi. And I said, oh, no shit. Right south of Memphis. You know, I sell those, this this uh, retailer down there called Wholesale Nutrition. He's like, oh, yeah, fucking goes through. And we st- and I had no idea who JP was. I didn't know this motherfucker was like, you know. He'd well, kill he, you with his thumbs. Nah, <laughs> no, yeah, now I know he wouldn't. Those are all, those are all yeah. stories. No, but, you know. And then uh, Andrew and Jason and I think whomever went to dinner that night and they're like, dude, that's the baddest motherfucker on earth. You know, he's telling us stories and everything else. I was like, wait, that motherfucker was in my office yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And he was back the next day and, you know, we we started, you know, we became friends and, you know, started helping with whatever. But, you know, I think in following JP and and hopefully what we'll dig into here, if you're a new listener, if you're an existing listener or somewhere in between is um, JP is a, a great human. He's an unbelievable individual, somebody who I'm really cr- uh, proud to call a friend and somebody who's done it. And, you know, when you take advice and you look at Real AF and you think about the guests who have, have circumvented this, those are people who have actually done the work that you need to do or will need to do in order to be where you want to go. And I think, you know, we're going to dive in a little bit today, you know, and talking about commitment, mm-hmm. you know, like what is real commitment? You know, when you talk about a soldier's life, you know, what is it to put it all on the line? What is it to, to really, you know, I know we, we say we give it our all, but are you really? And I think, you know, unpacking that out of JP's brain is something I'd like to, to look at, you know, because I think as an audience, as a listener right now, it's the beginning of the year. We come off 2020, kind of a little bit of a shit show, mm-hmm. you know, it, I mean, a little bit of a shit show. <laughs> we got shit going everywhere. I don't think anybody fucking marks 2020 as a win um, in the grand scheme of, of life. But if you're going to make that change, what does it look like? You know, how do you get through the struggle, the personal struggle, the person who looks back at you in the struggle, and really that commitment to self? And so mm-hmm. that's what Vaughn. Hopefully, if you didn't forget how to do your job, we can yeah, walk ourselves no, through that. Yeah, no, and I would just say I think it's I think it's telling that of all the people that that Andy has encountered in the last five or six years, particularly as he's launched into you know going from entrepreneur to getting into this whole personal development, entrepreneur success space. Uh, JP made it into seventy five hard the book. <laughs> and I think that says a lot. And I yeah. think the point that 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 when he references you, the point that he makes is that really at the end of the day, uh, becoming a Navy SEAL is not really physical. It's mental. It's it's deciding to it and refusing to quit and having that iron will to just power through. So we're going to talk about commitment. And um, I, I kind of put together some notes from, you know, obviously I've spent a lot of time with Andy and Sal in particular. So I kind of jotted down some of the things that are sort of what I call the DNA 
of commitment. And so I'm going to throw them out there and I'll let you guys just kind of unpack and, and uh, illustrate and explain and, and exhort and do whatever you want to. But guys, I think this, this episode really is, obviously we're not real far into 2021 yet. And people are already saying, you know, they have high hopes for this year. They have hopes and dreams and goals. Well, none of that's going to happen unless you have commitment. And so what is it? Uh, what does it take to be truly committed? And what are the benefits of commitment? That's what we're going to talk about. So I want to start first by talking just about desire, okay? Um, the first component of commitment is, do you really want what you say you want? And I don't know, my observation is that a lot of times people commit to certain goals that they think they should be committed to. Um, maybe they hear something in culture or they hear something in their peer group and they say, oh, everybody else is doing it. So, I mean, so can I, I, can I paint I a little landscape before I just yeah. jump right in? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, can we, can we identify what it's not? Sure. And saying like, you know, and this is the problem that I see in the landscape now, when you look at the political climate and, you know, whether you voted for Joe, uh, Joe Biden or, or Donald Trump or, you know, change has to happen internally. Like it ain't going to fucking happen by itself. Right. <laughs> and that commitment to yourself, like, I don't give a fuck who the president is. I don't give a fuck who your governor is. I don't give a fuck what the National Guard does. If you want change in your life, they ain't going to do it. And exactly. I think, unfortunately, in society today, we realize and we're, sw we're switching into this dependency upon hoping that the government takes care of us. Well, I got news, motherfucker. Right. They ain't going to take care of you. You know, and if you want, you want pure evidence of that, go look at the VA hospital. They don't take care of their own goddamn soldiers. So when you look at, you know, our government, they don't give a shit about you. And you, only, and you know what's funny? And, and you, you transcend that like in your in place of employment. Now, I'd like, I care a great deal about our people here, guys and girls, everybody in our system. Like our goal is to make them better fucking humans, people of character. And I know that's a rare work environment, but unfortunately, in most places in the world, the world doesn't give a fuck about you. And the world certainly doesn't give a fuck about you until you learn to give a fuck about yourself. And that's the understanding that a lot of people skip that step and saying, well, when's my turn? No, motherfucker, you got to go get your turn. And you got to go step up and get to the front of the line or at least get in the motherfucking line and understand that it's commitment to self above everything else. And nothing in your life is going to change. If 2020 was shitty, well, guess what? 2021 is going to be shitty. Because and guess if, what? 2022 don't look good either. <laughs> yeah, you got a fucking bad forecast coming down the pipe. And I think that's the understanding of like people want so badly, especially, you know, whether your president won or didn't win, whatever. And it, it happens on both sides. The guy wins. And all those people are like, oh my God, it's going to be so fucking great. But they had a shitty 2020. Well, guess what? Your 2021 is going to suck too. You yeah. know, and then on the flip side, the people who had shitty 2020s who president, they're, who didn't win, they're like, oh, it's going to be fucking miserable. You're right. It's going to be fucking miserable because you're not accepting responsibility. You're, you're putting the blame on them. And the only blame that you can put Anywhere in life is the person that looks back at you in the mirror. And mm -hmm. I think this goes back into JP's wheelhouse where you start talking about ownership, you know, commitment to self, you know, extreme ownership, the, you know, the, the echelon front way, if you will, and understanding that, dude, if you want fucking change, you better go have a conversation with the person that looks back at you in the mirror and commit to that change. And ain't nobody going to do that but you. So when you have that discussion, how do you know that you really want something? How do you know that there's that pure desire to accomplish something? And, or how do you know that you're, you're not just fooling yourself? So it's, it's awesome that, that this is what we're talking about. And I was going to say it's unique, but every conversation Sal and I have, like we just stop saying, well, this is unique because whatever we need to talk about, it comes through our conversation. And I have this written right here. Um, 
Jocko and I were talking in January, last January at an event, and he said, discipline is rooted in the truth that we tell ourselves. Hmm. And I think that answers what you just said is it's, it's about the discipline that you're willing to commit. And it's the truth that you tell yourself. You can lie to yourself all day long. And we've all lied to ourselves. I lied to myself for years. And it wasn't until I started telling myself the truth as to what I was going to do, why I wanted to do it, and then how I was going to do it. That's it. Until I did that, I, I wasn't actually committed. I, I, I wasn't going to be disciplined. And that's why I, I really liked doing 75 hard. I, I, I loved doing 75 hard because it got me back to that mindset of floating between being tactical and strategic, being committed to what I said I'm going to do. Um, and then coming up with plans. I, I think that's the problem is people, they have all these ideas as to what they want to do in life, but they don't take the time to actually think about that. They're emotional. Mm-hmm. They're not They're not logical. You know, one of the laws of combat that we talk about is prioritize and execute. You have to s- relax, look around and make a call, meaning you have to assess your battlefield to see what's actually going on. You know, when I was a machine gunner, part of our training to ingrained into our into our dna to det- to detach was we would shoot hundreds of thousands of rounds through a machine gun in three to five round bursts hmm. so you would you know acquire your sights sights on the target bop, 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 finger off look left look right back onto the uh, onto your weapon acquire the target bop, 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 and then we would do that and we would do that throughout all of our blocks of training and if you shot more than that you were going to get in trouble by the instructors because it meant that you got sucked into something. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you're losing situational awareness. And if I'm a machine gunner, just which is a lot of fun, by the way. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. But if I'm doing that and Sal's right next to me, I'm actually now taking away from my teammates' ability to assess what's going on and not be distracted. And so it's a a thing for yourself and then for those around you. You know, when... so to relate that to what civilians do and what we all do is when you're trying to do too much and you're putting too much on your plate, you're, you're just ho- holding down the trigger. You're just mm. going full bore and that's not sustainable. One, you're going to run out of ammo. Two, you're going to ruin your machine gun. And three, you're losing situational awareness for what you're capable of. And those in your life are getting dragged down by that as well. And so I think we have to be real with ourselves in a logical standpoint. And if you don't learn to detach from your emotions, you can never actually do that. And that's what I love that 75 hard brought me back yeah. to that. Okay. What am I capable of? Do I actually want to do this? Right. Do I actually want to do this? Yes, I do. And I had started 75 hard once before. And then I actually like my daughter, like, Hey, you have to stop. I was had some major medical issues that were going on. My kidneys and adrenal glands were shutting down. It was like, hey, you, you got to stop what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I had I sought some other medical treatment. And then when I restarted it, I was like, I, I need to do this. I need to do it for myself. I need to do it for my family, my business. And it it reset everything because I was honest with myself. And because I told myself the truth of what I wanted to do and why, I was able to create the how. And then I was able to stay on that path. And, you know, individuals need to learn to be able to do that with themselves. And if you're leading a team and you're having a hard time with your team, staying disciplined, being committed to what you're wanting your team and your business and your, your organization to be able to do, you have to make sure that they know what they need to do and why. The why drives the what. 
But the good leaders are going to take the time to say, hey, DJ, this is what you need to be doing and this is why. How do you want to do it? And when I, when I allow DJ to create the how, guess what? He has ownership because it's his plan. Now, if DJ's plan is like horrible, I'm going to give him some, some ideas. Like, sure. hey, I, I actually, hey, DJ, I really like the base of that. What are your thoughts on adding this and this and this to it? How would you do this and add it to your plan? It's still his, right? I'm giving him the ideas. I'm, I'm, I'm flanking him by giving like, hey, how would you do this? He's like, well, I would do it this way. Hey, man, that's really good. Why don't you go run with your plan, DJ? Well, now DJ has ownership and he's going to be committed to that plan. And so you can do that on an individual and then you can do the same thing with your teams. Two things that come to my mind. One is that I love how you sort of craftily transitioned my emphasis from desire into discipline. Because yeah, it's true that we can have this subjective feeling of, oh, I want this so bad, but our, our emotions can lie to us, but our actions won't lie to us. The best way to know that you really want something is to actually set a plan, execute the plan, follow through again and again without compromise, without deviation, which leads to my second point, which is I don't want to assume that everybody who's listening to us has this great knowledge of what 75 hard is. So if you, you don't know what it is, just real straight and to the point. Andy decide, uh, designed this uh, just crazy effective program that's based on five critical tasks that you perform every day for 75 days without deviation, without compromise. And where other programs talk about creating discipline, this one gives you the practical process by which discipline is formed within you. So if you don't know what 75 Hard is, check it out, 75hard.com, sign up for it. It's free. Of course, you can buy the book, which is not free, but, but the program is free uh, and yet it's invaluable. I mean, it's priceless. That really. book. I mean, if you're if you're doing seventy five, I actually there's a guy at my jujitsu gym, great guy, love him, and he was like, "Hey man, can you can you help me work on like my mental toughness and just, you know, he's a good guy, he's really smart, but he just he quits on himself and he recognized that. And I the fact that he showed humility and was like, "Hey man, can you help me with this?" And I was like, "Absolutely, love the guy, he's awesome." And I told him, "I'm like, hey, I know." 75 hard probably isn't the right thing for you right now in your life, but the book is. I was like, you need to buy that book, read the book. I have told everybody I can just, just buy the book. Even if you don't do 75 hard, do buy the book, follow it. And guess what? If somebody buys that book, they're going to want to do 75 hard. And when they understand why it's important for them to do it, they'll do it. But yeah, the book was, it was awesome. My biggest thing from the book was, you know, basically telling your that inner bitch voice that we all have to shut up, like just turn it off, just turn it off. And I've always told people that like just over the years, like, Hey, turn up, turn off that switch on the inside. Your mind is telling you that this is hard. This is difficult. You're tired Just shut that off. And then to hear it, Andy say the same thing, but just a little more effectively, like, Hey, yeah. tell your little inner bitch voice to shut up. I was like, right. I really like that. And then the other thing is do the things that suck because so many times people, they want to pick that easy route. They, they, it's natural. It's ingrained into us as humans to pick the easy route. But what we have to do is ingrain into ourselves to actually do the things that suck to, to do the hard things. And when you're willing to do the hard things, that gives you the things that other people can't get. Every, yeah, there's a, you know how many men across the, the world have wanted to be Navy SEALs? Like hundreds of thousands of men have said, right. I would love to be a, a Navy SEAL. You know how many of them have actually ever done it? It's a small percentage because the commitment to do that hard stuff 
people don't want to do it. They're not willing to do it. And that's, yeah. I needed to be reminded. I mean, I was a Navy SEAL for almost 12 years. I had some pretty awesome times in the SEAL teams, had some pretty good combat deployments. I got out, I was doing MMA as my transitional stress relief. You know, I had some MMA fights I liked. I've always been okay with doing the hard stuff, but I had, I'd kind of lost that way in that path because I let my life get unbalanced. And when I read 75 hard, those are the two things that, you know, tell your bitch voice to shut up and do the hard things. And so now every, since I started 75 hard and now I'm in phase one, it's awesome. Cause when I'll look at stuff that I need to do, my choice, my, I evaluate it. I'm like, cool. I'm going to pick the harder of those two. And you have a sense of pride in that. And when people decide to pick the hard things and do the hard things, it will naturally over time boost their confidence, their ability to actually go out there and produce at a higher level. And it's only going to elevate your life and it's going to switch your mindset to where it goes back to what we we're talking about. Like, what are you committed to? What, you know, you know, discipline is rooted in the, in the, in the truths that we tell ourselves. Well, the truths that we tell ourselves are also going to evolve over time. As I get mentally stronger and more capable and I have a better skill set to do stuff, guess what? I can actually tell myself that I can do stuff at a higher level over time. And I know that's why I love Sal and Andy have always talked about that is their mindset has been evolving over the years. They visualize this. They knew they were going to be at this level, but there's times in our lives that we're actually held back and restricted by our beliefs. And 75 hard got that mindset back to where it needed to be. And it just, it changes everything. It's, it's hard to describe. Well, on that note, the creator of 75 Hard just entered the building. Welcome, MFCO. Good to see you, brother. Good. I don't know how much time I missed, but about 30 minutes. Was it 30 minutes? You guys been going so far? We, we were talked wondering, about we were all sorts what of you're things. doing in that stall. Uh, <laughs> hey, man. It must have been total business. What did you have for dinner last night? <laughs> uh, hey. Nah, it's, you know, we're, we're. Look, man, sometimes you got to take care of shit. Yeah. That's what it is. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, back to, you know, to JP's point about belief, you know, no, nobody's going to believe in you until you believe in yourself. That's the, that's, you talk about doing the hard things and then, and then, you know, recentering your tolerance for what you're capable of is, is, you know, to your point and Andrew's point, you know, if you come to a, a, a fork in the road, take the hard option, and the hard option then becomes the new normal. And then, then the new normal becomes your, your new goals, the next stretch. And that belief that is rooted through actually doing the work, it's compounding in life, you know, and where you look at and we sit in this building today, right? And you're thinking at one point in time, dude, I mean, 10 years ago, we're sitting in the old beginning of the S2 building. And if you would have fucking said to us back then, or we would have said to somebody back then, or when we said to people back then, like, hey, we're going to be in this fucking state of the art, you know, 200,000. I, I fucking told them. No, I, I didn't fucking listen. But, but there's so, only two people here. There's two people in this company that listen. They're both still here. And guess what? They both get paid. Hmm. No, but that that belief, like motherfucker, you think anybody believed? I don't really give a fuck if people believe. But, but yeah, I agree they didn't. You can't. But but dude, look, man, that this, this is the number one complaint we hear from fucking people trying to get started, dude. Is you know, oh well, you know, I told my dad this idea. He said it was stupid. Well, no shit, he did because he ain't <laughs> ever did nothing like that, and neither of you. So like, dude, there's, there's this, um, there's this mentality in society about how people think when it comes to starting something new or, or setting a big goal or a dream or, or trying to win 
they think that people should just like, like, like guys, it doesn't work that way. Like people don't believe in you until after you've already done enough that it becomes clearly visible that you're going to accomplish whatever the fuck it is you said. Then a few people are going to believe, right? Like you're going to get a couple, but like, dude, most people are not going to celebrate until you're there, dude. And then what they're going to tell you is, oh man, I really believed in you. Oh, I you knew know. you could do it. <laughs> yeah. Like I, mean, all, I had a tour today, Andrew. Yeah, I loved it. There's yeah. a guy who came I, through the facility today. I met him. Did you? Yeah. And it was one of the silent haters. Yeah. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like, and hey, bro, I could feel it on him. Yeah. Gift basket. Hey, hey, can you want a gift basket? And I was telling one of the guys like, hey man, like we give gift baskets out all the time, you know, try to support as many local charities physically possible and do as, I mean, can't even tell you how many we give out a week, but then the one comes across and I'm like, oh yeah. Well, look, dude, I mean, that's, look, man. And you know, also I too, I, look, people, you guys who are out there and you're trying, like this is 2021, right? And you're like, fuck it. I'm done with all this drama. I'm gonna try to build something up. Good. That's where you should be. But don't expect people to come through and fucking support you because they're not like, dude, your friends and family don't give a fuck about you in that way. I'm just being honest. They're busy with their own shit. They're, they're worried about their bills. They want to play their fucking video games. They want to go out on their Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays and fucking party. And they don't give a fuck about what you say you're going to do. And you have to understand too. Most people don't even know one truly successful person. Most people don't know one person. Like they don't know one, most people don't know one motherfucker in their life that has actually achieved what it is they see to be the the look of being successful, right? So, so of course, it's going to be hard to believe it's possible. If you've never seen it, how the fuck are you going to believe it's possible? That's why it's important to go fill your brain with things that make that seem normal. That That's why it's important to surround yourself with the highest quality people possible and I'm not talking about people who talk about all the shit they're doing. I'm talking about when you're a fucking broke guy trying to buddy up to people who aren't, trying to learn from people who aren't, trying to surround yourself with people who have achieved things because those things over time naturally acclimate you to the proper mindset that it's going to take to actually achieve. And then once you start actually achieving, then you're going to get some people that are come along and they're going to say some nice things to you, but you're not going to need it at that time. That's the beauty of it, right? Like, Dude, I appreciate when people say nice shit to me, but it really, it doesn't raise my belief thermostat in myself one degree. Like, it's like, hey, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I'm grateful for it. But like, it's not affecting me on the inside. And dude, that's how you got to be when you're starting too. You've got to get yourself to a point where it doesn't matter what motherfuckers say. It's not affecting you on the inside. So you're still, dude, I'm going to tell you, you and I were talking about this in the locker room this morning. Dude. I have a perspective that most people don't have, right? Like I've achieved a whole bunch of shit and that's not me bragging. That's a matter of fucking fact. All right. There's multiple companies I've built that are very successful that employ a fuck ton of people that you can go fucking see right now. Not these like fucking fake entrepreneurs online that got a cool bio about all the shit they did, but you never heard of them. Like, dude, you come to St. Louis, I'll fucking show you around and you can see what the fuck I did. Okay. So it's not me bragging. It's a matter of fact. Now, I have the perspective, and Sal does too, of building actual things. Now, was there any magic to it? No. The only magic is we got back up and kept going. That's it. And so the perspective I was trying to explain to you this morning is it's easy for me to see what it actually takes because I've done it. And like it's hard for people who haven't done it to believe 
because they haven't seen it done, nor have they done it. So you guys are going to have to like, give me a little trust here, man. I'm not going to mislead you. I'm fucking telling you it's one plus one equals motherfucking two. And that's it. I, I think we talked about this last time and I know we've talked about this a lot. When I was, when I decided and committed that I was going to be a Navy SEAL, I, I knew I was going to be a Navy SEAL before I even actually joined the military. When I went and talked to those recruiters <clears throat> and they laughed, when I walked in and I told them, Hey, I want to be a Navy SEAL. And they all laughed. And I was like, check. And then they told me, Hey, we can't do anything with that cast on your hand. I said, awesome. Went back, told my dad, he's like, when do you want to leave? I said, as soon as possible. And we cut my cast off that night. I'd only had the cast on for like 11 days. You know, I had all this stuff going on, but that was my commitment. I was like, I'm doing this. I'm committed. I'm willing to do what other people won't do. Yeah. I'm not the smartest. I know that I'm not the fastest, the strongest, but guess we're, what? We're aware. I'm willing <laughs> to outwork everybody else around yeah. me. And I'm just, that's part JP, of it. But, that's all it is, bro. But nobody believed in me except my mom and dad. And my grandparents. Well, fuck, you're lucky then. No, I know. And I'm very, and that's yeah. what I was going to say is like, I'm lucky, but going in because nobody, like everybody who told me like, man, you know how many people quit trying to become a Navy SEAL? Cause none of them knew Navy SEALs. They only knew people that quit and they knew all those statistics. And, you know, I wrote this down before you came in and what you're just saying. I said, nobody cares about, nobody cares about you until you show them your value. Yeah. You have to take action and actually do something before anybody's ever going to listen to you. But then again, but nobody owes you anything. Yeah, so but if you're fly, doing the problem here, bro, is that that flies in the face of the fucking social narrative that we're told right now. Yes. The social narrative right now is know your worth. Well, if you ain't done anything, you ain't worth nothing, motherfucker. That's the fucking truth, right? Like, do you have potential? Yes. Have you executed on the potential? No. So right now, your, your value is in the world. Now, I didn't make up the fucking rules, man. I'm just telling you. If you go into a fucking company and say, hey, pay me a million dollars, that's my fucking worth, they're going to laugh you out of the motherfucking building. <laughs> so, like, this is where I'm going with this. Like, you guys have to understand, if you're going to be something great, you got to be willing to start very humbly and not great and be okay with that. And, dude, I'll be real with you, man. Those times in my life, those times in your life where you're talking about cutting the... Bro... Those are my best memories of fucking life. You know, why would you want to, like, I can understand, like, in the moment, you know, when you have no money and you have a shitty car and you got nobody believing in you. I can understand how that feels because I was there. But the other thing I could tell you is, man, there ain't nothing better than shoving those motherfucking words down everybody's fucking throat. I, well, but I, I, could, I could personally say, and, and it's funny because I, I'm thinking about this now, like, been around almost what a year now, yeah. right? Right, and and we've had some very deep conversations about yeah. this. Like those ones, those ones at night, you know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, but like your no, head like, on the pillow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no, but like, talk. like like DJ, like you're, you're gonna you're, you're gonna be okay in life. Like you're gonna do some good shit, right? You're gonna be here, right? And so like me listening to them, I'm like okay, I, I hear you. But then having people that don't believe in you, it was like confirmation almost that like okay, yeah, no, I'm doing it right, right? Yeah. Because for example, like not 2020 was a great year for me, right? you know, doing really good stuff, got a daughter, got a great fucking beautiful house, right? My own mom thinks that I'm a fucking drug dealer, right? She has no, like, but like that's confirmation to me that like, okay, that means I'm She doing don't it. really think that. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 Andy. No, 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 come on. She believes I'm El Mayo, bro. Like, <laughs> it's real shit. 
Dude, but, it's, but it's weird because it's confirmation mom, mom that like, okay, I'm, I'm actually Jigolo. doing it because no, what is confirmation is, bro, you're doing so good yeah. that it's exceeding even the possibility of expectations of what their norm is of though. what could yes. be possible. So they have, it has to be something else. Right. That's a good thing. No, I then that's what I'm saying. Like, so I'm yeah. having like that, that mind flip. Right. So it's okay. Well, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Right. Yeah. Like I'm doing good. Like this, this is, this is good. I just thought that was a very, very funny. Well, you are right. doing it, bro. No, I'm happy, I mean, man. I'm doing it. I asked you the other day. I said, I, I said, was 2020 the best year of your life? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No question. Absolutely. Dude. Like, you know, look, man. But I mean, but to tie in your point, I mean, it's perspective. Yeah. Somebody tie this shit together. Yeah. Well, to go no, off. Well, there's a couple <laughs> things. I mean, there's perspective. And I, and this is something that, you know, we get up on Monday mornings, we talk to our staff and we tell them all the time, like, you know, the, some of the worst days of my life, quote unquote, were the work that would had to be put in or the stress of working on Christmas night, trying to get the My Transformation oh, site fuck. together and the New Year's, being there New Year's Eve and being there at the three o'clock in the morning, like thinking, what the fuck am I doing? But the perspective that it gives you when you're able to look back on it is the understanding of like, that's what it takes in order to be great, right? And I wish like that's something that these, you know, our guys will never have. Not all of our guys, but our, our staff, our new staff members are going to walk into this beautiful building and see these beautiful Shit. things. But that's how Instagram is. They yeah, want to show you the... It, that, dude, that's why you got to set your goals so fucking big. Like, dude, we're, we're not even started yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, of course. Like, dude, in 10 years, these motherfuckers are going to be like, remember we're in that old building? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't even know, they don't even know the four old buildings that we had before this old building. Right. Well, right. And that, we're going to say, yeah, the motherfucker, you know, we thought it was a goddamn country club. I mean, the one that gave did us you all the gray hair. Did you not? Okay, for real. Did you not think the one we had before this was a country club? Bro, it was like, I mean, you I got thought it was really it nice. Was really I, nice. I, I, thought I thought it was, it was great. Awesome. There's a fucking tank on the wall in the conference room. I'm like, oh, this is badass. Listen, yeah. man, when you, I drove up now, the first time. Now, if you went there right now, what would you think? Well, it's not even that. You should hear, the, you should hear these guys talk about it. Like our sales staff, they'll be like, man, you didn't even know. The last one was a hellhole. Last one. Dude, you know, dude. you're like, wait, that was our fucking dream. Dude, I fucking but heard when that they shit. were there, yeah, but right. when they were there, it was amazing. It's, it's. People so <laughs> it's perspective. quickly change their perspective. It's Bro, the same it's, thing. Look, man, it's like, but that's what I'm trying to say about acclimating yourself to success. Because when you start acclimating, when you were fucking delivering pizzas, bro, how many fucking rich people were you around? Not very many. Now, who the fuck are you around all the time? Yes. So, and, and has that improved your life? Okay. So that's what I'm trying to explain to you younger people, like the young bucks listening, right? Like, Dude, you guys have to understand that you will acclimate to whatever you put yourself into, whether that be uncomfortable situations, whether that be situations. Dude, you have to put yourself in the place that you want to be before you're ready to do it. And then it'll be uncomfortable as fuck. And then it, you'll acclimate just like a cold swimming pool, dude. You ever get in a pool and you're like, whoa, and like yeah. you had to run in real quick or you got to make a decision. Like, am I going to make this take like 10 minutes or am I just going to do it? What's the better option? Do it. Just do it. Dude. Did you know? Bro, that, you got to share. You, you got to kn- share the the analogy that you shared before, which is a great analogy on every house that you've had and every hill that you ran. Yeah, share that because that's a great analogy. Yeah. So so, dude, my house that I lived in two houses ago, it, it was my first like real house, right? Like uh, when I say real house, I mean house that wasn't a fucking complete shithole. All right, and it was it was uh, what I would say a nice middle class home. It's a great neighborhood. I went and did my cardio every day and, and, you know, um, it, it was, I thought it was hard, right? I thought it was hard at the time. Uh, the hills around the house were, you know, there was hills and shit. Right. And I'm like, at the time I was like, fuck, this is hard. I, I, if it was any harder, I couldn't do it. Well, then I moved to my second house, 
my and my other house that I the 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 house I lived in right before the one I live in now, and the fucking hills were way worse. <laughs> and I and guess what I did. I did it anyway. Yeah. I went out and did the fucking hills. And guess what happened? I lost a hundred fucking pounds. And I, I said to myself, fuck these hills. Like, dude, I had, I called the one hill over there death mountain, dude, <laughs> like for real. Cause you would die walking up it, dude. And it was hard. And I, I would, I would tell, I'm like, man, like I would even tell you, I remember we would argue over whose hills were worse. Right. Then I move into the new house, nah, the, the, the big house that I'm in now, which is insane. Um, and the hills are even harder than that. And it's just such a good parallel for leveling up in life, right? Like, dude, if you want the big prize, you're going to have to go up the big motherfucking hills. And that's just it. And so we have to understand that that's we can always acclimate ourselves to more pressure and more uh, harder things. And when we do, because of the nature of acclimation, it actually will become easy. Okay, when you first start 75 hard on the first 15 days, you're sore as fuck. You don't want to do shit. You're like, fuck, dude, I can't do this for 75 days. But you get to day 35, you're like, damn, dude, I'm cruising. I'm making great progress. You get to day 60, you're like, holy fuck, dude, I'm almost done with 75. That went quick, right? And like, dude, that's that's acclimation. You're learning how it works. And it works like that in every area of life, whether it be your relationships, whether it be your fitness, whether it be your finances, uh, you're building a company, like literally anything, the harder that you put, dude, it's just real basic shit. You know, that's why I got tired of doing an MSCO project. Cause it really is so basic that like, it's, it's like, I'm repeating myself. Like, dude, you fucking put inputs, you'll get equal outputs. It's just the reality. Well, people yeah. don't want to, they, they always want the shortcut. They always want the hack. Yeah. yeah that's one of yeah. my, a top favorite line of Jocko is, you know, from discipline equals freedom field manual. He's like, there is no shortcut. There's no hack. It's discipline. And that's why that quote I have written at the top of every page in here. And it'll be written at the top until I'm done with this notebook is discipline is rooted in the truth that we tell ourselves. People aren't willing to be disciplined. They're not willing to commit. And you're just talking about changing and leveling up. One of my best friends, his dad, I remember hearing him say this and it's always stuck with me. He said, change your friends or change your friends. Meaning yeah. change mm. the way your friends think and the change the way your think your friends do things in life or replace them. or change who your friends are if you're wanting to level up in life, if you yeah. want to get more out of life. And I, I will I will counter one thing that you guys said. You're like, there's no magic. No, you guys had the ma the magic of belief. And I know someone who's make fun of me for saying magic and belief, but the reason why I say that is because not enough people actually believe in themselves and believe in their abilities to do something. But that's where people get stuck is they're like, well, I believe I can do it. No. Okay. Yes. Without belief, nothing is possible. But with belief alone, nothing is possible. It requires you deciding that Bro, you're going to take action. You have to move forward it, with your plan. It's this. Nobody's going to do it. There's a fucking pile of rocks right there, dude. Move the It's got to move it over here. How Can we fucking wish that rocks over here? Can we believe the rocks over here? Uh, I don't think so. No, I, I fucking, well, if you know how, I'll tell me, because I fucking like to know. Some of you <laughs> motherfuckers out there talk about manifesting, which I'm a huge believer in. You fucking think you're going to manifest those rocks from there to there, and you fucking not. Well, and the, the part the part that everybody's missing is we can have the belief, we can have this, we can have that. All of those things are relevant, 100%, because you have to have your mind right to do the action. But without the action, nothing's happening. Here. Nobody, Nobody's willing to take action, and I think because most people don't know when to take action or the times that they've taken action before 
it was a mistake. They screwed up, whatever. So they don't want to do it again. Yeah. One of the other instructors, he's one of my best friends, Dave Burke. He was a Top Gun pilot. He ran the Top Gun school. He was one of the Marines that was with us in the ground in Ramadi. He works with us at Echelon Front. He gives a, a brief and he talks about the OODA loop. The OODA loop is a decision-making process. Observe, orient, decide, act. And people get so stuck in the whole, they've, they're observing what's happening in their life, okay? And they're, they decide, like, okay, this is how I'm oriented within that. Oh, I'm going to decide what I'm going to do. I'm going to decide what I'm going to do. I'm going to decide what they do. And then when they actually decide that they're going to take action, the whole environment has changed. And then they, they wonder why their actions didn't align. It's because they hesitated. The OODA loop was de designed by John Boyd, who's a fighter pilot. So that, you know, planes that were considered to be not as superior could actually outmaneuver and win in, in dogfights. Mm -hmm. And so if you take that decision-making process to what, whatever you do in life, you have to do all four parts of it. But it's not just start to finish and you're good. Sometimes you decide and then as you're getting ready to act, you evaluate where you actually are. And so now you're like, wait, hold on. I'm going to have to change what I'm deciding to do because my situation change. has changed. Yeah. And your, your capabilities also as an individual are going to change. Like you're saying, like the, the circle of people that I get to hang out with now, it, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I am so incredibly lucky. I know that. I know how lucky you're not I lucky, am. dude. You did the work. Well, yes, but I also understand that I'm very lucky to have friend, like the friends that I have, the fact that I can call you guys, I can text you guys, you know, the fact that I work for Jocko and Leif, the, you know, just my connection, like the fact I have a signature energy drink is ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous how things have evolved through the connections awesome. with Origin and you guys and everybody. Like it's, it's extremely humbling. Well, no, you're just a super grateful dude, but I can mm -hmm. promise you. I've been right. I've been right here watching you for pretty much this whole fucking time. Uh, you didn't get lucky, dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is this now a good time to to tell you that your friendship due is it's up? Yeah, <laughs> you owe me some money. And and, and and Dave Burke's honor, the guy who posts the best pictures of fighter of fighter jets on the internet. Yeah, his his, his fucking. Are you legit. follow that guy? Uh -uh. His fucking dude. He posts like the most badass pictures of fighter jets on the fucking thing. I never but get tired of looking at that. stuff. It's fucking awesome. Oh, they're not, they are legitimately I, sexy pictures. You're just yeah. like. Fuck yeah. But this is what's great, right? So I wrote these words down as everybody's talking. It's before this. I wrote these even before Inner came in because these are things that I wanted to hit on him. One was perspective. We walked into, we talked about it. Next one's action. Next one's honesty. Because without honesty, like that action don't fucking matter because are you really doing the work? And I talked about accountability. You're the first person to quit on yourself. But if you're committed to the team, you're committed to each other. And I think when you talk about belief, like the one thing like him, Chris, Andrew, Jason, I like, and there's a few others. Like we've already been through a lot of shit together. We already understand where the breaking points are. We understand where we're going. Like, and we believe in each other. So it's a, hey, I ain't gonna quit on you. Don't quit on me. I understand. I'm gonna have bad days. You're gonna have bad days. It might be bad weeks. Might be bad it months. Might be bad months. Yeah, but yeah. hey, we're gonna fucking roll. If it's me, it's bad months. But if it's everybody <laughs> else, it's like a bad day. That's. A, but then that's life, you know. And and I look at those things, and it's kind of odd that we're circling back through. You know, you think about your circle is a huge fucking commitment to life because the energy that you drive around your daily actions every single day is contagious, both good and bad. You dude, know, dude, fuck. Yeah. You know how many times I get asked in a fucking week if we want to sell our company? Like, what the fuck would I do? <laughs> dude, that's a scary thought. Yeah, honestly, like I'm going to be real honest. Like that makes me nervous. As yeah, a friend. Dude, I'd be on the fucking internet every day screaming at everybody, dude. Like, I would have, I would hate everybody. Like, you, you, would, you, would start, only, you guys would start another company that would be 
even more impactful nah, because that's nah. what's ingrained into them. No, it's service. Yeah, but dude, it, no, thing, you guys are ingrained the to thing serve. Is, the you point, are ingrained to yeah, serve. Yeah, for sure. But my point is, you can farm. I go farming, dude. We yeah. can farm. Do. I got a tractor I, house I, magazine. I know what right you do, here. guys. I know what you do. What? Dun 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 dun. dun, dun uh, I'd be down on that. Fuck, I don't know. I'd do it. <laughs> I'd do it. We'd have I, pretty good listen, cabinet. I, you could be our defense secretary. I don't even want. I, I'm going to address all of that, but just not today on this show. <laughs> all right, but can yeah. I la- layer this on there on this conversation because I think it's relevant. So about a month and a half, two months ago, it's I, I think it's been that long since I've. Mom, we haven't seen you in a minute. I know it's been a while, and I was I was in a funk. I was not doing well. All right, so. Uh, Andy could kind of tell we walked, I, I, dude, I wish we had this on tape. Cause I think it would be like a million dollars for just, you know, the seven, we seven just established you it. can't walk in Vaughn and just ask for a million fucking dollars. I know, I know, I know. But anyway, so we walked in, never, never, never stop him from trying. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we walked into the awesome new, you know, conference room that you have in there where I, I assume you guys are doing your, your weekly meetings now. Is that what you're doing? I miss those. Some of the auditorium. Yeah. Yeah, Bro, yeah. we got more people in the auditorium. Anyway, yeah, so we, we so, can't even do our meetings. In is that, that right? In that yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So we go. Uh, there's this whiteboard there. Andy writes this this long line. It, it 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 basically arcs and then it dips and then it levels out. And he's like, "Dude, this is what I notice about you, and this is true of a lot of people." He said, "When you're up here, he put put his you know finger at the top of the arc." He said, "You think you're a baller? You're you're, you're you know you're killing it. You're doing it. Everybody's like that." He's like, "But but you're not. You're just somebody who's been doing." The habits, performing the critical tasks that makes people right. successful. That's right. But he said when you when then you you said you pointed at the bottom and you said, and when you're down here, you like pile on yourself. You're like, I'm a piece of shit and I'm horrible. He's like, but you're not. You're, you're just, just someone not. who stopped doing That's the things it, that made you successful. That's it. So instead of trying to convince yourself that you're a baller or a loser, just do the critical task. That's it, bro. And like, that's life. It's like, a fucking performance golden. curve. So like, it, it's like a bell curve. Okay. Like for those of you guys watch on YouTube, it's, you know, it looks like this, like a regular bell yeah. curve. When people are down here, the beginning where it's flat, they're, they're, they don't know what to do. They're like, fuck, I don't know what to do. So somebody somehow get, or themselves, they figure out something to do and they start executing on something. And really, honestly, the fact that they're executing on something is really, it doesn't matter what the fuck it is. It's just because right. if you're smart and you start to do the wrong things, you're going to notice it pretty quick. So they start to follow the plan and they get better, right? And they get a little better. And then they're following the plan. And they're like, holy fuck, dude, I'm making some good progress. And then they follow the plan, they follow the plan, they follow the plan. They're up here. Now they're a high performer. And instead of saying, fuck, dude, the plan's really good. I did all the, I executed the plan. What do they start thinking? They start letting their own, their, their hubris and their ego take over. And they're like, fuck, I'm great. Look how good I am. I got so good. And then they abandoned the motherfucking plane that got them up to this point. And, and, and then what happens is they start to fall off and they start to come down and they start to come down. And now over here, they're like, what the fuck is going on? I have no idea. I was so good. I don't know why things are working out, why they weren't working. And then they get down here to the flat and they're like, this is where they get over here. And they become like this again. And they start to become hopeless and they actually humble themselves and they say, well, fuck, Clearly, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And then it starts over and they start back over here. And it goes like most people live their whole life like this over and over and over again. When in reality, the goal is to fucking get on the curve and stay on it. So it keeps going like that. And the only reason that you're able to do that or any of us can do that is if we eliminate ourselves from our own ego and say, all right, look, the actions are responsible for the result. I'm not responsible for the result. 
the actions, what I ate is what got me here. Not me. How much weight I lifted, what's got me here. Not me. Okay. Doing the emails, doing the work, going to the meetings, doing this, that, creating the products. That's what got me here. Not me. And you have to separate yourself from the actions that you took. And if you can do that, now you're in a good spot because now you can control the curve in a way where it's productive across your entire life instead of spending your life spinning your wheels, repeating the same pattern over and over. So after I had that, after you gave me that pep talk, I, I mean, the, the kind of the aha moment for me was, oh man, the bitch voice wants me get, to get into this completely unproductive inner dialogue about who I really am with where in reality, mental toughness, who cares who I really am? It's what I do that matters. Well, what you do will produce who you are. Right. But I mean, like the bitch voice wants you to spin your wheels going, am I really a loser? Or am well, bro, I really a... People want to like, they focus focus assign the a value to themselves before they've even gotten the fucking game. Yeah. How the fuck do you know your value? How do you know your value at being a football player if you've never played a fucking game of football? Vaughn wants a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> but that's... <laughs> dude, if yeah. you really think about it, that's what most people, listen, that's what most people do in life. They, they speculate to the point of inaction and then have regrets that they never did anything and then they get bitter that, they, that it's somebody else's fucking fault that they didn't right. do anything. When in reality, dude, you didn't even fucking try. And people allow that complacency to creep in. Yeah. Like as you're talking through the bell curve, like I had this written down and then I was like, okay, well, there it is. Complacency kills. That's one yeah. of the things I've been, whenever I speak with companies and, you know, or on social media, I, I really have been trying to push this complacency kills message because- that's exactly what's going to destroy everything good in your life. Right. Complacency creeps in every single day. Now, the good thing about that is that we know that. You know, when I'll talk with people and they ask, like, okay, well, what do you like? They, they want to know like this checklist of things like what am I missing? when you're going to go hunt down the enemy and you're in combat and everything else like that. They're like, well, what do you have to do first? They, they, they think about all these plans. I'm like, you can't do anything until you actually know who the enemy is. Once you identified who you're going to go hunt, then you can start collecting intel and data and come up with a game plan. Okay, hey, this is what they're capable. This is what their strengths are. This is what their weaknesses are. Here's what, you know, here's what they're capable of doing against us, against other people. Here's our capabilities. How does it match up? Here's our plan. Okay, does our plan actually uh, mean that we're going to win? Like if we go start hunting them down, or is there is there more of them than us? Like, if it's not balanced out and if it's not in the favor of us winning, then that's not a smart plan. People can't do all that stuff until they figure out who the enemy is. And I'm telling you right now, the greatest enemy that we're all up against every single day or one of the greatest enemies is complacency. It's going to creep in. And when we allow it to creep in, it becomes a habit. And like you were saying, it's just, it's there. It's, we expect it. It's part of what it is. And that's what I loved about 75 hard is it, it was combating complacency every single day. You mm-hmm. had to be dialed in. Like my one of my best friends, Stephen Little, just started 75 hard uh, with uh, our buddy Tyler and Cody and I are on phase one and we're all doing our workouts together. And, and Stephen's like, man, he goes, I was talking to my wife and I was wondering like, what was I doing with all my time before? And I'm just like <laughs> listening and I'm getting ready to say, and he goes, I know what you're going to say. He goes, I was complacent. And I'm like, yeah, you were, bro. I was like, we all have been complacent. He goes, I actually made a commitment to my wife. And I, this made me so happy. It made me so happy to hear my best friend say, he goes, I've decided that every major milestone that I hit in business and life, I'm going to start 75 hard. 
I'm going to restart it every time because that will keep me from being complacent because whenever we hit milestones, people tend to get complacent. Oh, Most yeah. people. Oh, yeah. Most people because they're like, oh, cool, I'm there. Like you said, you're like, oh, cool, I'm there. And then they stop doing all the things that got them there and then they wonder why it fell apart. The other reason why people do that is they actually lose sight. I have this written down mission first mindset. They lose sight of what their actual mission is. Mm -hmm. And when and I've talked about this a lot, veterans that struggle when they get out is because they don't have a clear mission to find anymore. When mm -hmm. I was in the SEAL teams, my mission was very clear. Mm -hmm. I loved what I did. I was dialed in and I knew what I needed to do. Now, it doesn't mean I was always a great SEAL. I was a shit bag sometimes and I got in trouble and I did things I couldn't, I shouldn't have done, but I was able to still stay focused to accomplish the mission. I never not, I never didn't do my job. I had personal stuff that I allowed to creep in, but I was it was always reset by good leadership, mm -hmm. by kind of dialing me back in and retuning me. And, you know, Jocko did that one time. It was probably one, one of the top powerful conversations that he's ever had with me. The number one was, and I shared this with you guys before, is when he pulled me aside, he said, hey, we're out in the middle of the desert doing our training. And he pulls me aside and he says, JP, I need you to put JP in big, bold letters and tape on your helmet because I always need to know where you're at because when I need something to be done or solved, I need to know where you're at so you can get that done. He goes, I need you to be my go-to guy. I need you to be more aggressive. I need you to step up and lead. I need you to help Seth and the rest of the guys. When he did that, he instilled belief into me which is so rare because we we're going back to like, people don't believe in other people doing right. stuff. People aren't actually instilling belief into other people. And that's why people won't do great things. I was young. I was super young when he instilled that belief into me and he was giving me ownership. Like I was talking about earlier, like, Hey, you tell your team member, Hey, this is what you need to do. This is why, how do you want to do it? You allow them to create ownership. He was giving me ownership and that was a powerful conversation. And the next powerful conversation that he had with me is I wasn't in a good place. He knew I wasn't happy. I was at training. I should have been in a platoon getting ready to work up and go overseas and deploy again as a sniper. And he pulled, he's like, Hey man, he pulls me into the office. He's like, Hey, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. He goes, how are you? And I'm like, I'm good. He's like, JP is Jocko. How are you? And I just kind of broke down. I was like, kind of let everything off my chest. And he knew I wasn't happy because of the fact that I wasn't in the platoon, I wasn't going overseas like where I should have been. He said, JP, more than anything, I want you deploying overseas as a sniper. That's what we need more than anything. But that's not the current situation. He goes, that's not your job anymore. That's not your mission. Your mission is to be the best instructor possible so that we don't have to put our fucking dress blue uniforms on to go to another fucking funeral again. Do you understand that? And it was just that real conversation that I had to shift my perspective and my mindset to what my actual mission was. Right. Not what I wanted it to be, right. but what it actually was and what I was at that time capable of doing. And the number one mission for me at that time was to be the best instructor that I could be so that I could prepare guys to go overseas and kill as many bad guys as possible and come home so that we didn't have to go to another funeral of one of our best friends. I've buried my roommates. I've mm -hmm. buried my best friends. It's a horrible thing to have to do. I have to go get another bracelet because more guys have, have passed away recently. You have to be focused on what your mission is. And if you fail to detach from your emotions, you'll never be able to clearly identify what your mission actually is. And if you don't have a clear understanding, how are you supposed to go out there and execute it? Dude, you can't. 
Nope. And I think I think that's normal though for most people to lose focus of what their mission is. Like you be listening right now, and you're probably wondering, you know, well, where do I start? What's my mission? Well, dude, uh, you could start by winning the war with yourself. That's what 75 hard is all about. Mm -hmm. It's about training your own fucking brain to get, it's a boot camp for your fucking brain, bro. Yep. And it's about getting yourself in control of your emotions and control of your productivity and control of your discipline, your mental toughness, your confidence, your belief in yourself, and to actually know what the fuck you're capable of. Because if you don't know what you're capable of and you don't understand that you can actually do a lot more than what then what are you going to accomplish in life? It's not going to be relative to what your potential is at all. And you're going to have regrets. You, your program is so well designed. And I remember when you were developing 75 Hard, you're like, we actually talked a few times about it. You yeah. asked me questions. And I told you, I was like, man, this is actually embarrassing because I was designing a challenge at the time for me and my buddies to do. And then when you kind of showed me what 75 Hard was going to be, I was like dude, that's the deal, right? And like, because I wasn't taking the time to actually think about the effects. Like you went to just such a unique level about how it affects every aspect of your life because you've gotten where people want to be in life. And I know what you're getting ready to say. You're like, I'm just getting started. I'm not even where I want to be. Yeah. But where you're at right now, bro, people would love to have one-tenth of where you and Sal are. When it comes to business and life, people would want 10% of what you guys have. And people have to just trust the process. And I, that's what I've told everybody. You know, I have somebody who's like, oh, I don't know about this aspect. And they're like, oh, I don't do, I don't do selfies. <laughs> cool. Well, guess what? You're not having to post them, but there's a reason for it. The reason why, you know, and that's why I told him, I was like, dude, when I read the book and I listened to podcasts again, because I, I, I was kind of like, man, I don't want to do selfies because that's just not who I am anymore. And it, I'm not going to post them on social media because of what I do with that Sean front. But then when I, when I read what you said, you're like, it's not about post, taking a selfie. It's about doing the menial tasks that you think don't matter. And in reality, the small things matter in life. And so many people are willing just to not do the small things because they think they don't matter. They want the shortcut. They want the hack. There is no shortcut. There is no hack. You have to be disciplined. There's a hack if you want to be fucking like everybody else. You just <laughs> hack your way through life. Yeah, yeah. seems cool. Yeah. <laughs> so on that note, one of the obvious foundational principles is no compromise, no deviation. And dude, talk a little bit because we're obviously talking about commitment. Why is inflexibility such a big deal? Like, why can't somebody just say, Andy, I got the spirit of this. Why can't I customize it to my unique situation? Because that's what everybody does anyway. That's why you are where the fuck you are, because you compromise on fucking everything. Look, dude. Oh, I had two good days. I guess I can celebrate with a drink this day. Or, you know what? I have five good days in my diet. I'm, I earned this. Or, you know, oh, it's only, it's only four reps instead of, you know, six I was supposed to do. Or, you know, I only sent that. I was supposed to send 10 emails, but I, I, I really only sent seven. Like, and those cumulative compromises over time create average. That's the fucking problem. Every, if you look, dude, if you want to be like everybody else, cut corners because that's what everybody does. That's why everybody else is everybody else. If you want to be exceptional and you want to be great and you want to truly get the most out of your own potential and your own brain and your own, you have to train yourself to be very rigid when it comes to making compromises. And you shouldn't be making them when you say, I'm going to do X. You shouldn't say, well, you know, you get 10 days into it. And it's like, ah, oh, well, you know, uh, and like that's dude, that's our own bitch voice talking us out of becoming who the fuck we're supposed to become. And, and so dude, like, 
you know, everybody gets like that. You know, one thing I was thinking about this, it just came across when we were talking about all of this. What's easier than taking the easy option? Make an excuse for not taking the hard one. Like, like that's what came across my mind when I just hearing all of this stuff. And like, dude, it's so easy. And I think that's, it's unfortunate, but that's the culture we're in right now in this world where it's so easy to take the easy option, right? But it's easier to make an excuse for not taking it. Well, everywhere it. you look, dude, people will pacify you for it. Yep. They'll tell you, oh, it's, it's okay. okay. Yep. Oh, dude, you know what? That program's a little too too uh self it's too restrictive yeah uh see this see that it's too this and then you fucking look at these motherfuckers and they're shoving fucking corn dogs in their fucking mouth and they're fucking 50 pounds over fucking weight that's a fucking fact okay so are you really going to listen to someone who doesn't have their shit together talk you will not find one motherfucker that has their shit together that you look at and you think damn dude that guy's fucking got it that's going to say, oh, you know what? It's okay. You only did fucking eight reps instead of 10. Yeah. Not one mother, not one. They're not going to say it in any area. Not compromising is a fucking skill. It's a skill. It's a skill. You can learn it. And when you learn it, you become powerful. You know, I. Well, you wanna, <clears throat> sorry, I, I want to backtrack to JP. One, thank you for the compliment. But I think you look at it from a, and I, I receive that from a different, you know, you say, Look at all the things you have and people would want one-tenth of that. And I think through discipline or, or life's journey in, in general, perspective, respect, just like with another relationship, respect is earned. It's an earned trait. Respect for yourself is also an earned trait. And something that people skip the process in and, and you know the, the, part that, the part that I'm personally most proud of is the person that looks back at me in the mirror. You know, when you think about all the things and it, you think about the struggle and the discipline and the commitment and, and the tough, the decisions of the, the tough decisions in life and going down and facing adversity, all of the things are cool, but pride and pride in the process and self-respect is, is really at the end of the day, all we have to hang our hats on. And the journey that creates through tough work, through the hard decisions, through doing what most people won't do is the pride that looks back at you in the mirror. And so like, you know, things are things, but the self-respect that you have is transferable through your life so that I can look at my kids or, you know, look at my guys or look at each other and say, hey man, like, you know, that fucking tough route and it's almost like a high five. Like we did that, you know, we've done that. Well, and that's the great thing is, dude, dude, is that when you learn that, okay, most people think that comes after all the success. That's not true. You got to fucking get what you're talking about before the success. And then the success comes. Yes. That's why we, when we talk about identifying the enemy, the enemy is fucking you, bro. It's you. It's your own brain. It's your own fucking bitch voice. It's that own version of yourself that is willing to accept a bullshit life that you're not really truly happy with for the ease of right now. That's the enemy. Okay. So how are we going to attack that? Well, that's why I wrote the book. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I put the program together because, dude, like everybody else, I wasn't born that way, all right? I was born a fat, lazy, little fucking motherfucker that wanted to fucking get rich by in one day, okay? I fucking learned all the lessons. I just started a little earlier than most people. So when you're thinking right now, well, I, yeah, I'd have confidence too if I, if I was what they're doing or if I had this or if I, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Because you didn't do the work to build it. Most people that you think have confidence don't have it. They're faking it. They're pretending. 
I'm talking about that real shit, that real confidence that people can feel when you walk in a fucking room. And the beauty about that is it's transferable. That's right. You know what I'm saying? We talked about this at lunch Well, just today. like him talking about Jocko pulling him aside. Jocko has that. Jocko pull you. What did that do for you when he said that, hey, man, I need you to fucking step up? Uh, it was the most powerful conversation everyone, anybody's ever had with me in my life. But he wouldn't have been able to give that to you if he didn't already if he have, didn't it. have it himself. And if he didn't see it inside of That's me. That's right. And he, he had it himself. He saw it inside me. And what people, what Sal was just saying is people need to understand that that, that attitude is contagious. And if you're a leader out there and your team has a horrible attitude and a horrible mindset, that is 100% your fault. No bad teams, only bad leaders because you are not doing the right thing. And you see the culture that you guys have d developed here. I mean, culture, uh, decentralized command is culture, right? You guys are able to do what you do and people are able to take ownership and make decisions and lead because of the culture that's been created here. They know what is right. They know what is wrong. And people that fail to you know, believe in their company and their team and then, you know, bestow that belief upon them. That's why they struggle. Well, dude, I think what it is too is, I know this is what it is. It's the same mentality that we talk about. And dude, you talk to leaders every day of your life. This is what you do for a living. And you could tell me if you think I'm wrong. What about the, menta the, the same mentality that people have when they start, when they say, oh, well, nobody believes in me. Well, that's a fucking like, that's like a, an entitled mentality, right? And you think that, you, that other people owe you their belief when they fucking don't. And I don't care if it's your mom. They don't owe it to you. And the same thing with building a team. Most of the leaders that I find that have shitty teams, they think because they're in a position of leadership that they are owed by the team the compliance or the, the good culture or the, and that's just not the fucking case. And it's your own entitlement as a leader that you think these people should do for you because you're paying their fucking shit is actually what costs you the big, the, the, what you actually want. Yeah. Leadership is your ability to influence people on your team to do things or not do things. Yeah. Like, Hey, you're not supposed to do that. You shouldn't do that. And if we believe that to be true, well, guess what? Leadership isn't a title. And that's why Jocko did that to me is because he knew that if I stepped up and if I helped the rest of our guys, then I could help drive our platoon to do the right things. Cause that's, he told me, he's like, Hey, you're driven, you're motivated. You know what I mean? Like he's like, yeah. he knew that. And so he knew that if, if he told me to step up and lead, if he told me to be more aggressive, to take ownership, then that's what I was going to do. And that attitude was contagious. And I wasn't the only go-to guy for Jocko. And I know that every, he did that with everybody in their own unique manner. And that's what good leaders should do. But if you're in a position of leadership, nothing is owed to you. No. And Jocko didn't Absolutely sit there and nothing. say, oh, just because I outrank you, you should, I should follow me. Yeah. He, he did homework, dude. He got to know you. He got to know him. He got to know this guy. And he went and had built real relationships, dude. And if you're, if you're a leader of a company or an organization, and you don't think that you're going to have to go actually get to know your people and build relationships with them, you're going to fucking lose, dude. And well, relationships trump the chain of command yeah. all day long. Yep. And if you have to use your position or the chain of command to lead and or get people to do something, you're, it, you're fucked. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is truth. I mean, I, I, you know, I tell people all the time, my fucking guys put you in a hole. Consequently, I'll put them in a hole for you or for mm -hmm. them, you know, and yeah. it's one of those things that it's interesting because that bond is that actually happened through the business conversation 
that bond actually happens through the personal conversation. You know, like, hey, man, what's going on in your life? You know, we, I, I do 30 minute meetings with, you know, with uh, a tier of people in our organization every week. 15 minutes is usually productive on business. 15 minutes is, hey, what's going on at home? How you doing? And, you, you know, I tap in, hey, I'm struggling here. Or, hey, I don't know here. Hey, listen, I don't know that particular situation. But this is what I did. It's no different than building trust or the loyalty circle we talk about. I just give them the best experience that I can, that I've had through failures and through some success. And they go apply that to their life. And then what happens is we create a bond. And that bond is, is unbreakable because our job is to build people of character to help them win at their lives. When they do start winning, they believe deeper in that leadership chain. And now that chain is passive, up and down a chain. It's like, hey, man, when I ask you, when I, when I ask anything of them, they'll go execute because of the belief that happens in those 15 minutes of personal interaction. Yeah, and they have to also feel everything that we're talking about. You know, one, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to say I'm not lucky, but I'm very fortunate. <laughs> there you go. The, yeah. the, the, the portion of Echelon Front that I'm helping build that I've been building is our experiential leadership training program. It's the coolest thing that we do. It's hands-on leadership training. And so we'll take, it's mostly been on the corporation side. We just made it to where now it's open to where like individuals can sign up for this training, but it's a full day or on the individual, it's two full days of hands-on scenario-based leadership training to where we take all of our leadership principles that we talk about. We give you all that info ahead of time through EF online platform. So you have the, the virtual online learning platform that you can access all that. And then we show up for the training. It's all scenario based and it's capture kill missions that you're going to go and run against my role players. And all the role players are former and or current Navy SEALs, Marines, SWAT team members, Rangers, Delta guys. That's who we bring to be your role players that you're going up against. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because at the beginning of the day, I tell everybody you're going to be very, very uncomfortable today. You're actually going to impose more stress upon yourself than is actually needed. And you're going to feel the burden of leadership. You're going to see the voids of communication. You're going to see the voids of leadership and you're going to feel these principles. And until you feel them, nothing compares to that. And we'll go throughout the day. So we, they, we run, run the mission, they go out. Most of the time it goes really bad for them because we'll give them the Intel package. They try to plan it. We give them their leadership structure. And it's, it's really cool because what you guys are saying is we'll see that real time, just like we saw in the SEAL teams. And these missions that we run, these scenarios are the same ones that I used to run in the SEAL teams to prepare guys for deployments to build their leadership skill set. And you'll see a good leader that has confidence, that has belief in their abilities. They have no idea on the tactics. It doesn't matter. We're not there for tactics. But they're, they have that belief, they have the ability to lead, and they will do well. And then we wrote, we come back, we debrief the mission, and then we talk about what the lessons that they learned and how does it apply to their business? Like, what do you do? Like, how, I don't care about your tactics, but hey, how does this apply to what you're doing in life and in business? And we'll really dive into that, give them some action plans so that they can go implement it. And then we rotate the leadership and they go do another run. And it's night and day every single time between good leaders and bad leaders. And it's incredible to see a, a bad leader come in and you can see the insecurities. You can see that they've never actually had to communicate properly. They've always used their title, but when they're out there, guess what? That title doesn't mean anything. It, it means nothing. And if they're trying to dictate everything and be very centralized, it all falls apart. And it's just a beautiful thing to see. And then throughout the day, though, because of the reps, because of the time, and because they are doing it, and they're doing it, and they're doing it, and we're taking the time to debrief 
what went wrong and how to fix it and how to apply it to your life, at the end of the day, it all comes together. They're actually able to put together missions and plans. When they go execute against my role players, I'm listening to the radio because I'm running all the scenarios and the role players and I hear them like, shit, hey, they got me pinned down over here. Or they're over here. Like they actually are able to do something well against my team when they learn to actually work together. And they're only able to do that is because they've been feeling it and they've been learning. And so as an individual and as a leader, if you're not taking the time to do an honest self-assessment of yourself, you're going to fail. You're going to fail yourself and you're going to fail your team. And then if you fail to do an honest self-assessment of your team, of what they're capable of, what they're able to do, what they're not doing, then you're going to actually fail them as a leader and they're not going to have success. You have to take the time to detach, assess your battlefield, make sure your plan of action is still the right plan, and then get back to work. It's interesting. You, 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 all that's involved, right? In building a team, right? But it's interesting how many times I get asked, where, where, how do you hire such great people? This happens on <laughs> like, Monday dude. Enter my Monday morning meeting. I know, <laughs> Sal, I know. I get asked it 400 times. Bro, I love your, your, you guys are the best. You're, they're so great. Where do you find them? Go like there's to just the- some fucking store you go to. It's <laughs> pawn hey, shop. Fucking, right? yeah. Give me one, give me one, one of these, two of these, <laughs> yep. and three of those, and some of the naked lady tees. JP, I got to be honest though. Like if you wanted to plug, bro, all you got to do is ask. We plug you. <laughs> you know, I already fucking said you're the, one of the only people in the entire world that will let talk to our goddamn team. Like you want a business plug, bro. I will tell you how great that training is. Oh, no, I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. If I, you are a business I love owner, what I do. If you are a business owner. And you're struggling with leadership. And I mean this. And I mean this fucking from the bottom of my heart. Three weeks ago, I had JP talk to our to uh, a group of people at our at our HQ because, you know, it's it's outside perspective to helping people develop leadership skills is a great asset or could be a great asset to your organization, but only if it's coming from somebody who can clearly communicate that to your team. And JP, I, I'm, I was struggling with a particular thing inside, you know, um, our organization. I said, Hey man, can you help me? Yes, no problem. I'll be up, flies up. And in an hour, two hours, you know, just some great perspective and conversations with our team. They loved it. They left rejuvenated. He's an unbelievable asset that you can access. I'm sure you can hire. He's probably pay for play or what? You have an OnlyFans? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Yeah, you do. No, but, I, really don't. I, but, I got fan. one. I'm a. I'm a I, bet, coach. I bet you do the pastor disaster. But it's seriously, because there's a million. There's a. There's a ton of people on here who. Who, you know, this is a struggle, man, and it's a real struggle. And and you know, having somebody like JP at our disposal has been instrumental to our business. Just a different perspective and some great conversation. And so you guys um, are doing fucking awesome work. And we're actually going to put a course on in St. Louis. Two uh, two high housekeeping items, real quick, JP. I know that very soon you're departing to ad- address the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So, are you good on time? He's got ten at least. He's, he's got about yeah. ten minutes. Yeah, All right. And then, secondly, how fast Sal can get me the airport. And I, yeah. and, I, and I hope I'm not making a mistake here, but uh, dude, I, I my understanding was that you promised you were going to tell everybody why you stopped oh, uh, seventy five hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm raise my blood pressure. Yeah, skin suit. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Sunday, this is just the story. Like people are like, well, why the fuck did you quit? Cause I was doing good mm-hmm. and I was kicking ass. Sometimes shit does happen. And this would be one of those times. So Sunday morning when I woke up, uh, I found out that somebody had broken into my farmhouse and 
uh, vandalized it and painted all kinds of liberal sayings on the fucking wall um, <sighs> because this person has, I guess, followed me online. And uh, yeah, so that's wow. what happened. So some fucking crazy person went and broke into my house and uh, vandalized the fuck out of it. And um, I had to deal with that all day with the police at my farm. And as you can imagine, I was pretty infuriated. Mm. And uh, yeah. He did look good in your hat and shirt though. Yeah, this this guy, and I'm not going to talk too much about it because I don't know what's going to happen with the court because I am going to press charges uh, as, as hard as I fucking can. Um, so he was caught? We, yes. Okay. Yes. And yes, he was caught. I'm not going to go into the details yeah. of, of him getting caught. But uh, but yeah, um, we're not going to post that on the video, by the way. But yeah, there he is right there on the uh, wearing my hat and my shirt, posting it on the fucking internet, and then basically talking all kinds of shit about me. Um, I, I will warn you that if you listen to me and you don't like me and you, you come to my house, uh, I have 24 hour security who is at my house all the time. And, uh, if I see you, you should probably hope that they see you before I see you. Um, I'm just being completely fucking honest. Uh, cause this is like the fourth time this has happened to me where I've had someone completely overstep their boundaries. Uh, I had a woman who went to prison for first degree stalking, uh, last year. Um, for trying to break into my house. And I'm just telling you guys, if that's you, if you think that's a good idea, it's not. But yeah, that's why I stopped 75 hard. That and, sucks, uh, dude. And I picked it up two days later because I dealt with that for about two days. Uh, and, you know, it's going good. Yeah. But um, I'm excited because this is the best shape I've been in mentally and physically at this early in the year and in my whole life. So I'm real excited about where I'm going to go this year. But yeah, dude, like, don't be a fucking asshole. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but I, I think that's a good point about life though. Like, you know, resetting the tolerance of, you know, getting a little bit better and a little bit better and restarting habits after you've gotten to a next goal and getting better and getting better. You know, like take Cody, for example, Cody's, you know, Cody's back on the program. It's the best he's ever looked starting the program. Oh, no question. You know, like, and I think that's an important lesson about life. Like, you're gonna fucking fail. Oh yeah. Hey, you're, look, dude, this program's hard as fuck. Like, if you're not dedicated to it, so is life. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's the point. And like, if you're not, you guys all know who have done it here. If you're not dedicated to it, you're gonna fucking fail. And like, if you you get up and you got to spend your whole day with the police until six o'clock at night, you're 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 not getting your shit done that day. Um, it is what it is. So, uh, you know, I I was I was I was pretty irritated about it uh, because. I don't deserve those kind of things. I don't do, I don't fuck with people. I don't fucking fuck with anybody. I stayed in my own lane and you might not like what I had to say. You might have preconceived notions of me or whatever the fuck. I, that's none of my business and I don't care. But the minute you act on it, you're crossing a line that's going to be dealt with. And this guy is in the, uh, in the clinker right now, eating his bologna sandwiches, getting what the fuck he deserves. He might be getting and, a bologna. I, listen, <laughs> The, the wonderful uh, Franklin County Sheriff's Department fucking took care of it for us. And I appreciate you guys. I know you guys listen to the show. And I'm just going to let you know, uh, there's no mercy for me when it gets into those kind of situations. I'm going to press charges as hard as I fucking can on any of you that fuck with me in any way. And that goes for harassment on the internet. Like I got some people that harass me on the internet consistently. I'm not going to say their names. I've been compiling all their posts into a fucking giant lawsuit. And they're going to find out about that real soon. So like, 
you know, dude, don't fuck with me and I'll leave you to fuck alone. That's really what it comes down to. Not that it really matters, but I, I, I'm always amazed that, that a guy like that thinks that he's going to get away with that. I had, a, I had an RCPD, uh, Riley County Police Department officer, tell me one time that people who do that kinds of stuff, they're not necessarily more evil than the typical person. They're just stupid. They're just dumb because yeah. they think they're going to get away yeah, with it. Yeah, you know not. what? Here's the problem, bro. The problem with that, and I understand that, and it's, it's true. It is true. There's people out there that are just not very smart. This guy's definitely one of those people. And, but the problem is, is, and I've heard this, you know, oh, well, you know, they have all these problems and they have this and they have that. Well, motherfucker, when you break in my house and, and write welcome to no fly list on the fucking wall because you don't like what I have to say politically, you can eat shit. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. You know, yeah. so, and I'm, not, I'm done. This, this whole society, we have zero accountability right now in the whole fucking world. And I'm not down with it. I'm not, I'm not down with it. And that's why we have repetitive problems. You know, people sympathize and empathize with people over and over and over again, but we don't think about the victims of those things. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, that guy burned down that fucking house. Oh yeah, but he never had a dad in his life. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> he burned the fucking place down. Right. Like, dude, when are we going to get back to reality here? Like rea real shit. Like if you hurt someone, there's consequences. If you do things, there's consequences. And right now, the, the people who do things don't seem to suffer a lot of consequences and, and the people who fucking don't do things have to deal with it. And dude, that's a dangerous situation because what happens is people start taking shit into their own hands. And dude, we can't have that in a civilized world. So I don't know, man, but I, I'll tell you what, don't come to my motherfucking house. Don't come to my fucking property. And I'm just putting that out there because I've had friendly people come too, right? Like I've had people who have been like, oh, dude, you know, I just wanted to see where you lived and uh, and they're cool. They're fans. Don't do that shit, bro. That's not cool. Not, we, we talked about yeah, that. I had yeah. a guy pull up. I had Enzo out front. I said, no, 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 that ain't, that ain't cool. Like, yeah, I'm not, I want to I, do that. Hey, how you doing? But it ain't cool. Like, yeah. it makes me nervous. Yes. My kids are here. This is fucking weird. Now you put me in a weird spot. Now I got to be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and, now, and, now, and now you're Sal the dick. Yeah. Right. You know? Well, I've been known as that. No. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Sal a little dick. Heavy dick champion, baby. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't deny it. I just yeah. said. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, look, man. You know, the... People just got to be cool, dude. Like, why can't we just be cool to each other? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sick of all this shit. I make a whole podcast about it for you guys, I promise, because uh, I have a lot to say. But like, fuck, man, like, use your motherfucking brains. Like, there's a reason There's a reason more, like, successful people don't share the shit with people. And it's because of things like this, like this fucking dickhead at my house. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why. So... You know, why, oh, Andy, why don't you post anymore? Well, that's why. That's why. So it's fucking, it is what it is, man. But I'm back on it. I'm kicking ass. I think I'm on day four today. And uh, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a like Jocko says, non-factor now. No factor. You know, no factor. No factor. Yeah. I'm in the fucking zone. Yeah, you are. So. Well, what's cool is, um, you know, I have this written down, like, Somebody asked Jocko, they're like, hey, what are three things that you would pass what are three things that you would pass along to, you know, your kids or anybody else or tell yourself? And, you know, you, I'm sure you know the first one is like, hey, take ownership, right? Mm. Be responsible for your actions. The second one, no, if you know Jocko, shocking, discipline, right? Mm. Like discipline equals freedom. If you're disciplined, it's gonna get you freedom in life. And the last one was balance. 
like understand the dichotomies in life. And obviously that's what you guys are very good at. And that's what you do with yourself. There's a balance. Now, if this would have been your first time through 75 hard, it would have been a huge what, deal. No, yeah. you, no, you still would have finished that day, but there's a balance and there's a dichotomy. We only have so much energy that we can put forth, right? I don't think I would have finished that day, bro. I, I think fucking, you would have. No, I you're I was pretty fucking heated. Bro, I understand, but your commitment to something when you yeah. start it. And I'm not saying that this version of there, this like section of 75 hard is any less. What would you do if someone broke into your house and fucking vandalized? What would you be doing that whole day? I'm not going to ask you to answer it, but just imagine what the fuck I was doing that whole day. I have an understanding of what you're feeling. I'm just, for me being detached from that, I feel if it was your first time in 75 hard, you would have finished the day. Maybe. But I think, all right, this is just me from my perspective. But because you also understand there's a balance in life. We've, the three of us have talked about balance so many times. And we have to understand that as an individual, you have to be aware of balance in life. And you understood that, you know what? The balance, the thing that you needed to focus on was your wife, your family, your property, your mental state. Actually, that's a good take point. Take two days. Yeah. Take two days to get that squared away. And then start over. The fact of the matter was, is like, I didn't really miss anything. I just didn't do it with any intent. You know, like the shit still, I still fucking worked you out. still did everything. Yeah. I can tell you the only intent he had that day was, fuck that motherfucker, fucking, fucking, fuck it. When he's on a treadmill, <laughs> I was like, I, I should have had a fuck counter going. Cause that's pretty impressive. You get us both in a room and the fuck counter goes off. But I mean, it was, we were walking <clears> on the <throat> treadmill and he's showing me pictures and I'm like, dude, I'm just sick fuck. of low life motherfuckers. That's really what it comes down to. I'm sick of the low life fucking scummy shit. Like in the whole, not just with me, but with the fucking world. I'm fucking tired of it. And dude, you know, we, we all as fucking Americans need to stand the fuck up against this lack of accountability that we have in the world right now. And we start, you know, the, fu- the funniest thing is, how do you fucking start that? That's right. Starts with yourself. So it, it actually works right into the story and the things we're talking about because you have to be accountable to yourself before you can fucking even stand on a soapbox and tell other people they need to be accountable. If you're not willing to do it, how do you expect anybody else to do it? If not you, then who? Yeah. It starts with you. That's it, man. You have mm-hmm. to do it. I heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> well, bro, thanks for coming up, man. Sorry I was late to the to the show. <laughs> you guys are running businesses yeah. up here. Your, uh, your priorities. I wish all I had to do was just make a podcast every day because, and, and that's where we're trying to get to. We're trying to get to a point where I can actually do a show every day. Um, and that will be coming this year, hopefully. Uh, sooner than later but uh dude thanks so much for coming on thanks for having Uh, me up you guys at echelon front are doing amazing work uh like sal said if you're a small business if you if you're somebody who's leading a group and you want to become a better leader i I would i would immerse myself in what these these men are teaching because it really is a, a crash course that can that can save you a decade of trial and error um I mean, dude, anytime you could save yourself 10 years of beating your head against the wall, it's probably a good idea to do it. Yeah, and I, I said this today, and this is, goes back to the, one of the, my most favorite pictures is when Andrew's petting my head and we're with Jocko. There's a great picture on yeah. my Instagram. I'll repost it. But no, shaking that man's hand that day and meeting you guys has been a huge chapter for our life because, you know, that extreme ownership concept, the book, and then being able to deploy that in. And I was talking, we were talking about Leif today, like, you know, what's he like? I was just asking you questions, you know? And we start talking. I don't want anything other from those guys than no. other to shake their fucking hand because it's no. a you know. And being your friend is 
I would say it's an honor, but you know, it's more of a fucking headache at times. <laughs> you know? But dude, you know, I just think it's it's rare. It's rare. There's a picture. Yeah. It's rare that it's one of my favorite pictures. Well, in the whole dude, world. it's just there's not many people out there doing good work. There's just not. There's a lot of people trying to take money from people, but there's just not a lot of people out there doing smiling, doing fucking good work. Dude, that was a fun day. It was a great day. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, in, to to answer your question as or what you said, so people are like kind of wondering, like, what is life like? He's awesome. Life is awesome. Life and Jocko are are awesome people. That what they want is they want other people to win. That's why they do what they do. Like yeah. you guys, yeah. You guys want to make an impact. You want to make a difference. You want people to win. Jocko and Life want people to win. Yeah. And I have never met two other people that just they want people to win. That's what Life wants. I mean. He is just an awesome guy, and Jocko's an awesome guy, and that's it's just it's really cool to be able to work alongside them. And as we continue this journey and go forward, and you know, and how we're all connected, it's just well, I think you're an awesome guy. Well, I appreciate it. Handsome you too. Say that. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. So that's what happens when you lose 28 pounds to 75. Bro, hard. you do look hey. fucking jacked, bro. I was watching you do a, a dumbbell rows, and you know the way the shorts kind of went over your yeah booty. Wait, got that J Lo booty. Yeah, that's why. I got <laughs> that. No, I gotta <laughs> get to the airport. All right, all right. <laughs> thanks for coming in, bro. Thank you, brother. I appreciate hey, it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. Sorry, I was a few minutes late. Um, we will have I will have full updates of uh, the current goings ons of the world soon for you guys. I know uh, a lot of you guys are wondering what I think about everything. So, uh, but I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. If you took a nugget or two from this show, please share it with your friends. Um, and that's what we ask. So talk to you guys later. Hey. Tell my teacher, dumb bitch, I'm going to-